Hi, my name is Jamie Lynch, and you are listening to Eating Habits, my podcast about everything restaurants. I will explore the human element of the hospitality business, and I'll talk to the who's who in restaurants, explore their stories, and hear what's on their minds in the ever-changing landscape of the food and beverage industry. My name is Samantha Allen. I'm the owner and executive pastry chef for Wentworth and Then here in Charlotte, North Carolina, and you are listening to Eating Habits. <laughs> awesome job. Thank, Thank you. you, chef. Welcome aboard. Glad to be here. I'm glad I've got you in the hot seat. Yes, at and the we, bakery. And we, at the bakery, <laughs> and we finally met. Finally, after 10 years. <laughs> 10 years. So we were kind of joking about that. Like, I think, when did... when. When did, did you start in Charlotte 10 years ago? When did you um, move to Charlotte? What was, all right, let's, let's go. Let's start with who you are, where you're from, how you ended up here. Okay. So originally from San Antonio, moved with my family a bit, landed here in Charlotte, and then I did not know what I wanted to do. It was either going to be baking or art. And How I, old were you when you moved here? Um, way young. Yeah. Yeah, like super young. You know, did middle school, high school, all okay, that so stuff. Okay, so you kind of grew up in Charlotte area. Charlotte's home, for gotcha. sure. And yeah, I didn't know what I wanted to do, artist or pastry chef, but I figured if I was going to be a starving artist, if I, if I became a pastry chef, I could at least eat my art. So there's that. Nice thinking. <laughs> yeah. Well done. Yeah. <laughs> and um, since I lived here, I was like, well, you know, what culinary school do I want to go to? And the closest at the time... Johnson and Wales was down in Charleston and I was stoked for that. I was like, Oh my God, Charleston's amazing. Let's go. And then the year that I was supposed to go, they were like, and we're moving to Charlotte. I was like, okay, uh, <laughs> here <no>. we are. <laughs> so did you end up going to culinary school here? Did yeah. you, you went to the, what is it? The Johnson and Wales, Johnson and Wales here. Mm-hmm. Yep. Went to Johnson and Wales here and then did two years, got my associates and I was as great as school was. It was fine, but it's just not for me. I would rather work. Yeah. So and and learn from other chefs. Yep. For sure. Definitely, it's the way to go. Yeah. I always advise everybody to do that. I spend a fortune on culinary school, and I learned a lot mm-hmm. actually. And I wouldn't take it back because I went to New England Culinary Institute okay. in Vermont. It's now closed, but it was a the school had a seven to one student ratio. Oh wow. Student to to instructor, so it was like being in a real kitchen. Yeah. And. The guy who ran our culinary program, this master French chef guy, knew everyone. Mm-hmm. And he actually is the one who placed me at the restaurants that I ended up working at in San Francisco and, and New York. Awesome. So, that, so it was worth it for that. Like not even just the educational part of it, which was fine. Like I learned a lot of basics, but the connections like were, were yeah. really awesome. Yeah. Um, but you can save yourself a lot of money by working for great people. Yes. And even my assistant now, Yusuf, he, he went to CP and, and is great. Like there's not, he's so technical and honestly more precise than I am. (laughs) (laughs) I love that. And, and I'm glad that he went, but he even said, he was like, he was like, I feel like I was like this before. And I was like, yeah, I mean, you have it in you, (laughs) right? you know, you could have saved money, but we all, you know, that's why I only went for my two year degree. So, Uh and then decided just to get out in the field and work. Gotcha. Mm -hmm. So, so what year did you graduate from J. Wu? That was 2010. Okay. Yeah. 2010. So 12 years ago. Yes. Where, where did, so what did you do when you graduated? So you graduated with pastry as your, your focus. Yep. Solely pastry. Whenever at Johnson and Wales, I can't speak for any other culinary schools, but there you have to do an internship. Mm-hmm. And at the time, I did mine at Amelie's when it was still in its original location, and they had only had that one. So, you know, back then, 
as small as Charlotte was and the food scene was then, that was a big deal because, oh, it's Amelie's. Like, there weren't really any bakeries around. No, there was Nova's, I think. Yeah. Which didn't do pastries. It it was was just just bread. bread. Yeah. Yeah. And so I worked third shift, 8 p.m. to 6 Mm a.m. And that was a huge, like, lifestyle (laughs) change for me because I was not used to that. Yeah. (laughs) So let's just say that that did not last long yeah and then from there I ended up working for something classic catering is fine it's just not really for me mm-hmm. and then I, and I landed up at UNCC and I was their assistant pastry chef for a long time what was it about the catering stuff that didn't appeal to you I'm curious if it's the same for pastry as it is for savory. I guess I don't mind making a lot of tiny things, Mm -hmm. but after a while it just gets really monotonous. Gotcha. Um, And I will say something classic was great because the girl that I worked under, she helped me like like navigate like do you want to do cakes do you want to do like smaller pastries Mm -hmm. and I kind of felt like I guess in the in-between which reflects here but from there and like taking those skills to UNCC it was very evident catering was not for me right (laughs) yeah Yeah. gotcha yeah and so and how long were you doing the catering thing so I was only at something classic for maybe a year yeah and then I ended up at UNCC for for four years. What were you doing at UNCC? So UNCC was just huge. Um, We did a bunch of different orders for like all the student functions, um, mass orders for all the dining halls, but mainly I was hired on because I could decorate cakes. And they did an ungodly amount of cakes. Really? (laughs) Yeah. For for what? Everything. Really? Like Chancellor events, student, uh, the they all just, like interschool stuff, on, like yeah, only at the campus. Oh, they weird. um they had I get the football team had just started, so it was all like alumni football just cakes events and things all the time. Gotcha. I think at one point we were doing two speed racks worth of cakes. Wow, it was a lot. <laughs> so is that is that is that where you developed your your technique? Because you're you have a very specific style of cake decorating. So I'm going to attribute the speed and everything else to Joe, who was the executive pastry chef there. And he's like old school New York pastry chef, which was great because you don't find a lot of those anymore. Yeah. And so learning how to have the urgency and everything when an angry Mm -hmm. New York man is yelling at you to get things done. (laughs) I worked for many of them. That's where I cut my teeth. So I understand. Yeah, he, he showed me a lot of tricks that I never learned in school, uh-huh. and that definitely paid off to now. Mm-hmm. And then from there, whenever I got the job at the fig tree, I definitely, Greg and Sarah were amazing because they were just kind of like, do your thing. Right. Like, here's your guidelines, do your thing. And from there, I definitely blossomed my yeah. style as of now because everything kind of shifted once I hit fig tree. Right. I think that's, I think the fig tree... And I, I had to kind of like hear your lineage to mm-hmm. figure out like where I first, I think I heard of you. And I think that's where mm-hmm. I first was like introduced. I was like, who is this? Mm-hmm. Who is this pastry chef? Cool. So when you were at, Fi- how long were you at Fig Tree? Almost five years. Okay. So you, you, you I were, was there for a long yeah, time. Yeah. That's awesome. Greg and Sarah family. <laughs> yeah. That's great. Yeah. And so that's where you started to really develop your own kind of kitchen voice, your own mm-hmm. style, your own approach. Yeah. I, um, always loved plating Mm -hmm. and I definitely wanted to get back into that UNCC was great but as much as we were doing it was just too like much of mass production and for me and I hold this saying very close 
quality over quantity mm-hmm. and fig tree it, it's not you know it's not a giant restaurant but yeah they can definitely push out some covers sure so it was enough for me to be like because it's all scratch there which is mm-hmm. really important to me also getting there and having a little bit smaller scale of stuff but doing better quality work was right. key so yeah nice and then so you were there for five years what made you decide to leave so essentially because I had been there for that long and you know how it is like there's like a section of time where everyone is your family and it kind of seems perfect and you're like this is great like I love everyone here yeah (laughs) my I had an assistant pastry chef Mackenzie and she was amazing again I'm a firm believer you should train your employees to be better than you and I think that she probably is better than me. I attribute most of my success to that. Yes. <laughs> to training people better yes. than, than me. And <laughs> we were both kind of like getting to the point where we were like, well, you know, like, do we just, you know, do we stay, you know, do we keep cultivating this? What do we do? And finding La Belle Helene was opening mm-hmm. and she looked at me and she was like, they need an executive pastry chef. I was like, if you don't apply, I'm going to. <laughs> and so I kind of like pushed her out of the nest and after she had left and, you know, some other people had, had left. I was just kind of like, you know, it's just, it's not the same as it was and it's still great, but I'm kind of hitting my head on the ceiling. Uh And even still at the time, like, I mean, Charlotte's going to keep growing, but it's still just, there weren't many fine dining type restaurants and everything Uh else. And not, I don't think Greg and Sarah would ever think of it as sabotage or anything like that. But to me, I was like, it would just be weird to make a lateral move and be like, I'm going to go be executive pastry chef over here. Like, right. sorry guys. That to me, that's kind of fucked up. So yeah, I was like, well, you know, I've done this long enough. You know, I kind of want to, I really love doing cakes. I miss doing cakes. You know, I, I feel like I have enough of a following per se. Yep. Let's see where this takes me. And I had a very, very massive crash course into seeing how much things cost. Because <laughs> in my head, I was like, I'm going to start this business and we're going to have all this stuff yeah. and it's going to be amazing. And then yeah. I was I was humbled very quickly. <laughs> we're going to need to talk a little bit about that. Yes. <laughs> yeah. So go, go into some detail. So, so like decided, okay, going to start a bakery. And anyone who knows me, I am not the pink sprinkle bubbly poppy person that you don't say yeah that most people (laughs) think pastry chefs are i like everything dark i like everything black green gold name it that's that is me and so i was trying to figure out a name for the bakery and everyone was like do a play on words sam's sprinkle shop and i was like that's fucking terrible i hate that i hate it no me and sprinkles in the same yeah not at all not happening (laughs) and so I was actually down in Charleston and I was trying to find something like to name it. And I I was like, it'll just come, it'll come. And I was actually walking, I think on meeting street and I looked up and saw Wentworth street Mm because it connects between that and King. And I was like, Oh, Wentworth is such a handsome name. I really like that. Yeah. And just went about my, my trip and then ended up over, it's not abandoned now because the Preservation Society has fixed it up, but the Naval Base, uh-huh. they have a Finn Street, but F-I-N-N. And I remember being like, oh my God, Wentworth and Finn. <laughs> like I had this whole moment. And at the time my ex was like, yeah. And I was like, we're, name it. It. we're naming the Bay Area. And I just kind of ran with it. 
It's a joke now because it kind of sounds like a law firm. Yeah. But that's fine, you know. It sounds very, like, <laughs> studious and, <Yeah>. like, <laughs> proper. Because people go, I didn't know what you were. And I'm like, we'll put Gourmet Baker underneath yeah. it. There you Here go. Here we are. Yeah, a little yeah. clarification. Yeah, a little, yeah. We'll leave some breadcrumb clues for people to figure out what's, what's going on. Yeah. I was going to ask you because I was like, I didn't, I had, I, just from what I know of you on social media and stuff, I didn't realize it like the story mm -hmm. so that's interesting it's kind of like your your search for what it was going to be yes gotcha did you already have were you planning to do a brick and mortar bakery at that point because i know your plan shifted after that right yeah so we can talk about that a little bit but originally i wanted to do a bakery and wine room Okay. And still, still the end goal, mm -hmm. um, a little closer now than I was then. <laughs> um, but again, like I said, I was extremely humbled when yeah. I found out how much everything costs. And I was like, okay, we're going to, we are going to have to build from the bottom here, like incredibly. Right. And so I got, um, approved the through the department of agriculture, the house mm -hmm. and I baked probably out of the house for about a year. And then I had. I think there was a six month overlap and then I finally like gave my notice and left fig and, and I was solely just doing the bakery and I started, um, doing all the local markets like in Plaza and Dilworth and all of that, which helped. But I was like, we, we need something like we, the pop-ups are fine, but we need something more permanent. Mm -hmm. And I remember seeing at one of the pop-ups, somebody had a vintage camper as like a clothing shop or something. Mm -hmm. And I was like, that's neat. And everything in my world is kind of vintage anyway, if you yeah, will. So yeah. I was like, we can buy a camper and then <laughs> sell pastries out of that. <laughs> and luckily my ex was, she was fine with being like, cool, we'll, we'll do this. Yeah. Um, and so we found the camper. She was the one who, cause she was a fabricator. She actually rebuilt the entire thing. Oh, cool. So it was completely custom as a bakery storefront. Yep. It was like an old Airstream or something, wasn't it? it or was, was it a camp? Like It was a Shasta. Okay, mm -hmm. cool. The Shasta camper. Yep. Yeah, Selma the Shasta. <laughs> oh, nice. You um, still have it? I actually just sold her. Oh, yep. no. Yep, so. Did you cry? I had a moment where oh, I was just like, like I was like, am I making a mistake? And I was like, <laughs> yeah. no, no, no. Like, because, yeah. you know, after we had the camper finished, I actually was like, I'm going to blow this house up if yeah. I did not get out of here. Because at that point, like, bedroom kitchen living yeah. room kitchen and I was like I don't leave this house ever yeah <laughs> I gotta get out yeah. of here <laughs> I'm trapped I'm, I'm trapped. trapped in this place and so I found a space at Gibson Mill in Concord where because they were similar to uh, Camp North End they just had rooms where you could kind of upfit it mm -hmm. and so it kind of looked like something out of Saw and it was very scary, this kitchen in the back of this warehouse. Is that what you were attracted you to it? You were like, <laughs> oh, this sketchy, like, horror. I was I'm like, into that. this is weird, but, yeah, you know, some, yeah. some fresh paint will do yeah. good. I can afford it. I can afford thing. it. Yeah, because yeah, beggars can't be choosers. <laughs> right. And there was a place to park the camper inside, so it, it worked at the time. And so I was there for about a year. And then, you know, between wedding cakes and these markets and popping up in the camper, I was like, a lot of people were like, when are you going to have a brick and mortar, you know, blah, blah, blah. And yeah. I'm like, I was like, it's probably time to start looking for that. How long were you operating out of the camper before you seriously started considering doing, because by this point you had opened the business, mm -hmm. basically launched it twice, yeah. right? Like, um, so you had a better idea of like what it's all going to take, how yeah. much money everything costs. Yes. So like at what point, 
did you, how long were you doing the pop stuff out of the camper before you decided, all right, I'm going to really go down this, this path to do a brick and mortar. So between without the camper and then with the camper, it was probably close to two years mm-hmm. almost. Yeah. And then started looking for a space for the brick and mortar and just, again, if people know me I can't just do basic that's just not in my nature Um, right (laughs) so I'm like I can't put this in a strip mall somewhere it's just not gonna fit I need to find something that is eclectic and some somewhere that supports small business Mm -hmm. and I knew the prism guys down the way here and I was like Cam Northen's kind of cool like I don't I don't really know anything about it because at the time I still lived in Concord and you know right. that's 30 minutes up 85 so I'd never really came down here unless it was for work right so I came down here and met with people in the office and I was like look this is kind of what I'm looking for do you have a space that would entertain and they actually showed me the space that we're in now and Camp North End was drastically different then yeah um, the, the building we're in now was very scary looking I was just kind of like okay I think we can put this here. That, yeah. That's cool. <laughs> yeah, glad. you really had to like you had to drink the Kool-Aid and they're yes. like I looked at some spaces in here um, yeah. in early like early on before any of this stuff was like built. None of the new buildings were gone. No. It, it was like it was pretty sketch. It, yeah, I was like I'm going to get murdered. This yeah. is great. Awesome. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and Tommy the one guy in the office was like just trust the vision and I was like Yeah. Okay. You're like, oh, <laughs> sure. Trust is not my strength. No, I was right like, uh, control problems. Okay, yeah. this is great. Um, but we ended up, you know, making a deal. At the time, the total space was only a thousand square feet, but a big enough kitchen. Still had the camper, could take it out. And because we were doing so many wedding cakes and stuff, the, I guess, part A of the storefront was a tasting room. Mm-hmm. And the room we're sitting in now was my was my office. Gotcha. And naturally, because why not? The day that I moved in, the next day Cooper shut us down for COVID. Ah, uh, yeah. <laughs> and like, I was uh, like, I was like, shit. Yeah. <laughs> what am I gonna do now? What? So how'd that work out for you? Um, what did you do? I think, I think, as as shitty as COVID was, I think it was almost a saving grace kind of because all of us here had to pivot like Greg and Sabrina were opening to that that week I think yeah I remember that yeah and I remember because I'm really good friends with Jasmine she was their pastry chef and now she's doing the donuts uh, bad mm-hmm. um, for them and, and under her her name but I remember me and her would kind of meet in the courtyard and we're like I don't know what we're going to do. And she's like, girl, I don't even know. And I'm like, cool. I'm glad I'm not alone here. But, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but we all just kind of like, we're like, okay, I guess we'll all just do to go stuff. Yeah. And so we ended up doing themed variety boxes. Camp North End was truly great and helped out with, they did like camp at home mm-hmm. stuff and would buy something from every vendor and put it together and in like a pack, like mm-hmm. a care pack or yep. something like that. And, and That's s- cool. Yeah, and send it out. So there, nice. there were ways to still make money. Yeah. Um, and then, I mean, we were just pivoting, but but it, yeah, maybe it worked out in our favor because at the time I was like, we don't need a storefront. Storefront. We have the camper and we can do the tastings here and mm-hmm. this and that. And then, I think the November of COVID, I was like, fuck it, we people don't understand like this is confusing yeah we're just gonna make it an actual storefront yeah and 
I did not want like just the counter that you come in and walk up to. I I hate that. I'm just like another boring, (laughs) right? Whatever. Like, yep. And I really hate the cold cases. I think they're really ugly. It's just not my jam. Um, It's hard to make them look cool. Yeah, and I'm I'm very much like in another life I would have been an interior designer. I love yeah architecture and design and all of that. So for me, aesthetically speaking, I was like, that is not going to happen here. Like we're not doing that. Um, (laughs) And so. A lot of people will come in and say, oh, it looks very European in here. It, everything seems very European, which is, uh-huh. oh, thank you. Thank you so much. <laughs> I designed it myself. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, thank you. Appreciate you. But yeah, so instead of the cold case, like I opted out for a bread rack and snack mm-hmm. rack type thing. You know, the pastry cart was found in an old building in Albemarle. And oh, cool. it was actually built inside that building. It was a counter at like a general store. Yeah. And, but it was like falling down, but kind of like the camper, like we yeah. kind of saved the bones and right. then rebuilt it back to something better. Yeah. So that's how the, you know, the pastry cart came to be and slowly things started opening back up. Thank God. Cause yeah. I think we were all going a little crazy. <laughs> yep. For sure. And it was tough. It was a lot tougher here in Charlotte than like, so we had the businesses in Charleston was yeah. very, a lot looser down there, yeah, which, yeah, which South really Carolina was better. It helped sure. us. Like it helped carry the group to be able to open. And we actually opened Tempest <laughs> that March, the March of COVID of COVID. Oh, gosh. It was a fucking nightmare. Yeah. Like trying oh. to open a business in the middle of like everything closing yeah, down. But like, cool. Can't be around anybody, but yeah, let's do this. But, I mean, <laughs> the money's spent like, yeah. here we are. Let's just open up and see what happens. And, and that's, that's you what know, I told I someone like, else. I was like, I was like, I have spent an ungodly amount of money to yeah. get into this space. I was like, we're not closing. I don't mm-hmm. like Cooper can come down here and rip yeah. the keys. My out door's of my staying hand. open. Yeah. I was like, sorry, bud. <laughs> yeah. It's happening. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, so things started opening back up and you know, people of course started coming back out sure. and, and all of that and actively having the storefront before it was just too small. Mm-hmm. And then I went to the office and I was like, is there, a, I know this is the original building to the site, blah, blah, blah. But I was like, is there a way we can expand this? Like we need something. It doesn't have to be major, but just something. Yeah. And so I worked with um, their planners and general contractors and stuff. And we, you know, figured out the space. And then I think as of now, it is just shy of being two months old. Yeah. And it is so much better. Yeah. You're in your happy place now? <laughs> yes. You yeah. got enough space to, to do your creative process? Yeah. Enough space. People can actually come in and hang out now. Yeah. You have um, more than one person at a time. Yes. Standing. Yeah. Because it, it definitely got very snug. And then like coming out of COVID, people would be like, yes. I don't want to stand next to you. I'm still that way sometimes. Same, I mean, I, I'm like, I go in the grocery store. I'm like, uh, oh, stay in your lane. Yeah. Like, over there. I didn't like people to begin with. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, people. Yeah. Um, but now I'm just like, you can get a COVID, like, just yeah. kind of keep it back a little bit. <laughs> but yeah, so so much more space. I didn't realize just with all the construction at Camp North and they had a, a bunch of barricades up, but when they took them down, we had a front porch. Mm. That was great. I yeah. was like, sweet, awesome. We'll, yeah, I we'll just put picked some, up some extra space out yeah, of it. You're like, not we'll, paying rent on it. Yeah, I was like, we'll, uh, we'll, we'll put some chairs and stuff yeah. out there and, and capitalize on Yeah, that. nice. <laughs> and... I haven't broke the news yet other than to just a few people, but working again with another general contractor now in the room we're sitting in because <laughs> I can't stop. <laughs> we're going to blow this wall out. Oh, nice. Yeah. So very cool. We 
have had so many people come in that like we'll still have the big table and everything, but we'll have more like like nice cozy seating and all of that. So the people bakery. can hang around a set a minute, drink a coffee. Mm-hmm. Cool. Yeah. So we're gonna be bigger again soon. Nice. In January. Come January. <laughs> Very heard it here first. Heard it here first. <laughs> awesome. So. You did all this on your own. Mm-hmm. This is all self-funded. Yeah. You don't have any business partners. Nope. What was that experience like? Shitty. <laughs> <laughs> Tell um, me more. Yes. Um, I don't think people realize, I guess technically, like I'm considered a bootstrap business. Like everything is just from the ground up. Mm-hmm. And and I don't, I don't think people talk about this enough and I wish they did because I've had people come to me and they're like, how the hell did you start a business? Like, I, I don't get it because yeah. you know, a lot of the times you do have four or five investors involved or, you know, one giant silent partner or, or whatever it may be. And mm-hmm. it, opening a, and as you know, opening a business is not for the faint of heart. Like you have to be tough when you don't want to be tough and you have to make decisions where you're like Jesus Christ I'm so uncomfortable right now it is painful mm-hmm. and then I mean there have definitely been times where the bank account has gone into the negative and I'm like okay I gotta fucking figure this out like because <laughs> no one no one prepares you for quarterly taxes and payroll taxes and then yearly taxes yep. and all of that and yep it's payroll it, taxes. It sucks. It just like, goes on and on. Yeah, people are like, I'm going to open a business. I'm like, good luck with that. Yeah. Have fun. <laughs> Have fun. Right. You let me know how far you get. Yep. But I feel like if more people talked about it, maybe it wouldn't be like such a stigma or, or whatever it is that surrounds that conversation. Um, but for me personally, like, it was a lot of savings that went into because we've obviously gone through a lot of phases. It was a lot of savings that started the first phase of getting the kitchen ready for department of agriculture then Mm -hmm. then funding the camper and then from there and this really sucks and i would honestly rather have my mom back but it is what it is my mom ended up dying and she didn't leave me and my sister like a ton but i had enough money to like buy a new oven and Mm -hmm. a cooler and a freezer so and then some other odds and ends that we needed so in a way so maybe (laughs) bad joke maybe my mom was kind of my investor (laughs) yeah (laughs) you know here we are (laughs) right sure but with that phase i mean that's how i funded that and then you know of course just working and building collateral and and then from there taking the leap of faith to come here down to camp north end Mm -hmm. um if we hadn't had come down here we wouldn't have made it yeah people and and i get it like concord is is still a small town people don't want to pay you know 110 dollars for a cake and I get right. it that's totally fine right but people down here are more open-minded to different flavor concepts and paying for quality and and that kind of thing so coming down here was knock on wood absolutely the right move yeah yeah I mean, it seems <laughs> oh, like it yeah so how, how is business going now that things are basically open I mean you know COVID's you know it is what it is. It I don't think a, anyone cares at this point. Yeah. <laughs> it is what it is. It's the new flu. It's yeah, going to be yeah. around forever. Yeah. Uh, but, but you know, people aren't as terrified, so people are out and about. So things, how's business going? Things are so much better. There's been a few things, I guess, like, of course, between COVID and then just something that couldn't be helped was the construction here. Like, it had to be done. Yep. But we definitely took a beating when that happened. Yeah. <laughs> but... And, and I'm going to say it louder for the people in the back. The roads at camp are open. Yeah. <laughs> Please come to Camp North End. Like, I know it was a pain in the ass before, but yep. which I get because half the time I was like, 
fucking construction. I'm right. So let's somebody. so let's talk about Camp North End real yeah. quick because I have not mentioned that on the podcast. And for yes. people that listen, this is a large mixed use complex. It used to be, I think it was like an artillery storage thing during World War One or Two or something. Yeah. So like Old Mill. Was originally, Ford Motor Company was here at one point. Was originally a Model A and Model T production facility. And yeah. then when the war happened, the government took it over for like missiles and yeah, stuff. Yeah, like and bombs then, and things, mm-hmm. yeah. And then it sat vacant forever. And then Rite Aid took it over as like a distribution facility. Hub or something. Yeah, because yeah. before, um, signage is much better now, but before you would see like Rite Aid signs everywhere and you'd be like, what? <laughs> like, like who would come here yeah, for I was like, medicine? Like, Eckerd's, what? Yeah. This is an old name. <laughs> Um, but yeah, so, so that, and then Atco is the company out of New York that bought the property mm-hmm. and has been essentially flipping it in stages. Yep. And, and so now it's a huge, like outdoor mall with tons of cool concepts. I would say it's an outdoor Optimus Hall for anyone go. who hasn't been here. Yeah. Yeah. There you go. How much, how, how what do, you, do you have any idea what the split is between like food and hospitality stuff and then like retail-y other, because there's some businesses too. There's, I know Rachel Sutherland's mm-hmm. next door. So there's some like communications and PR stuff. There's some, the mats I think have mm-hmm. their, their studios over there. Mm-hmm. You got Prism, they're yeah. doing custom bikes. Mm-hmm. So there's like a lot of cool like shit in here. Yeah, it's, it, I mean, first and foremost, which is great for the people who are in the office, they were adamant it must be small business. Mm-hmm. But from there, I think food and beverage definitely dominate because mm-hmm. people want to come here and eat and drink. Yep. But Prism, they're the OGs to camp. Like yeah. they were the first ones here when it was super scary. <laughs> yeah. They actually bought both my motorcycles oh, when did I they? sold the farm. Yeah. 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 Jake a, and Zach are great. <laughs> they were awesome. <laughs> yeah. Because I had, um, I mean, I had an old like 90s Harley and, uh, and an old uh, Triumph that I, oh, nice. like, when we sold the farm, I was like, what am I going to do? Like, yeah, I don't. I was I like, mean, oh, like, I can't, yeah. I can't afford this habit anymore. Yeah. And uh, so I called them up, and they were like, came and looked at them, and they were like, "Fucking yeah, we'll buy them." And they nice. paid, they paid more than I, they should have for them. Oh, they were okay, super guys. awesome about it. <laughs> good guys. And they're like, "We're gonna turn these into like badass bikes." I so like it. They're like, "Don't worry about it." That's good. Um, at least they were yeah. taken care of. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so. yeah but they, you know, they're here. Um, good postage. They do like illustrated paperwork and like, and don't go in there if you have like a pen and notebook problem because you'll, you'll spend a lot of money <laughs> canteen is it just about to open there are new bar here uh, black moth bar is in an old airstream you know hex is the coffee roaster on site yep. Loquet, and then soon soon we'll have seemingly overzealous which is all a hub to huga so like it's everybody yeah that's awesome mm-hmm. so it's definitely become like this destination spot mm-hmm. and it was i remember i mean so the construction over here, or when Prism was here, was how long ago? Like five years ago? Yeah. Did they start like really I think so. like ramping it up? Yeah. And it was not pretty. No. Like, it was pretty dicey. It was awful. Like it was run down. Mm-hmm. It was pretty sketch. Yeah. <laughs> Actually, I remember when I came and looked at the space. Prism was there. They had the goats out there. Did you yeah. ever see that? We used to have goats. The, the, I don't know where the goats are now. <laughs> I think they went back to whatever farm yeah. they. So, so, so the. the <laughs> The developers bought like this herd of or rented a herd of goats mm-hmm. and they just moved around to like clear the property. Which is so, smart. Yeah. So Cause, and everybody is so fascinated by animals. They're just like, oh, there's goats. And I'm yeah. like, it's random, but welcome to yeah, Camp North End. Yeah, I guess. Fine. <laughs> I mean, that's what we got. Yeah. It's funny. They might be back once the, you know, once the, the weeds start growing, they'll bring them back around. I've, I've had some people ask me where they are and I'm like, 
Yeah. Oh, shit, where are the yeah. goats? I don't know where the goats. Yeah. I'm like, they'll be back one day. Yeah, yeah. We're waiting Sorry. for the weeds to grow. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. That's awesome. Um, okay, so that's Camp North End. Super cool spot. Mm-hmm. A lot of traffic now. Yeah, better better for business now, like getting out of COVID and, and all of that stuff. And also with us expanding and shifting, like, because before we were kind of just in a nook, mm-hmm. so no one could really see us. But we've now, with the expansion, the door faces Camp Road. Yeah. So we're way more visible, which is amazing. And then on the weekends, like, Friday nights are great. Um, there's live music. You can walk around and have drinks and food and, and move around on the property. You don't just have to stay stationary. Right. You're not, like, caged into, like, one mm-hmm. bar or whatever. You can kind of mingle around. Mm-hmm. That's have, pretty cool. They have a DJ, like, on one point of the property a live band on the other side and we're open late friday and saturdays so that way you can come in until eight o'clock and grab coffee and pastries at you know after nice. dinner that what time does thing. that that nightlife thing start like the bands and stuff and music i think around like five thirty six. so like after this Every- starts uh, friday mm-hmm. okay so like after work friday they're like Yep. Let's party time. Yep. For the weekend. That's yep. cool. Kick off to the weekend. Saturdays are always busy, no yeah. matter what. Yeah, um, people are off. They're out lingering and mm-hmm. seeing what's going on. But and and we do like everyone kind of has a thing for Saturday here. So like we do biscuit Saturday. Mm-hmm. So it's a chef's choice biscuit every Saturday, but it's not small, like it's giant. Yeah. <laughs> it's giant. <laughs> giant biscuit for six dollars, but you also get a compound butter that comes with it. And then, you know, we have all of our other stuff and they'll depending on what weekend it is like we just did around the crown which was last saturday was crazy i wish every saturday was like that um but i remember i went to a market before i sold the camper and i came back and it was empanada fest and i'm really bad about looking at the calendar events for here (laughs) and i was like what the hell is going on i was like where did all these people come from (laughs) (laughs) and i remember i went to park the camper and like the staff was having to shut down the open warehouses because people were trying to park in them because there were so many people here. I was wow. like, the fuck is going on? Yeah. This is insane. So depending on events and then just being the weekend, like we're, we're rocking and rolling all yeah. weekend long. And then Sundays are hit or miss just, yeah. you know, if people want to be out or, you know, want to come out after church or whatever, but it's right. still, still a good day. Cool. What are people after here now? Like what are you do? You do a lot of cakes. Yes. Your cakes are beautiful. Thank you. They're super cool. Thank you. Corey and I are going to hit you up. We're getting married next yes, year. Yes, I was say call me. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we're getting married next September, so I a year it. from now. So we're going to start. We're going to start planning. Yes. Uh, a wedding cake. That's that's my secret motive for setting up this. I love it. I was that's like, perfect. I was like right, we got to get, get Sam on the podcast. Yes. I can ask her about we'll a wedding cake. Give you guys cake. pastries. Y'all can taste all the things. <laughs> yeah. Cool. Um, so what what like what is your split now? Like, are you doing? How much pastries versus cakes versus breads? Like, what does your your mix look like now? So, I mean, we're still cake heavy. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't. I think you know. Thankfully, people are always gonna want the wedding cakes and anniversary and birthday cakes. We've we've actually slowed down a little bit in the wedding cake department, which mm-hmm. I mean, it's fine because we still do a ton of birthday cakes and stuff. the f- The front of house with the pastries and bread has picked up immensely. Like, and I guess. And I didn't think about it until the other day. Other than verdant bread, like no one really does a lot of bread here. Like, mm-hmm. 
and especially like on the camp north inside of town like okay. this is it like there's yeah. nothing over here so people are like bread bread do you have bread i need bread and i'm yeah. like okay yeah. like, hold up <laughs> we're getting it yeah, it's, yeah. it's coming right now um so towards the weekend like we're doing like three to four varieties of bread as much as we can bake and fit on the pastry cart we're making i've also kind of been working with julia at plant joy and we've done a good chunk of pastries for them so cool to yusuf my assistant to his demise um because i <laughs> bless him he puts up with me um, i'm like we're gonna do vegan gluten-free and regular pastries yeah. now aren't you excited and he was like sam what are you doing he's like we're a bake shop we've got flour everywhere yeah, I was like, how do i do this <laughs> yeah i was like get ready how and do you do that so, so like yeah how do you how do you gluten-free things when you have a bake shop that's got flour in it and stuff so and and i i told miss julia this i was like look i'm very butter and flour i was like we'll make this work yeah um but we will we'll we'll do production for the gluten-free and vegan stuff first yep and then we'll roll into the regular production but that way we can because we of course clean every day after it but we'll do that first so there's no cross-contamination nice but that has definitely uh, you know because and y'all know like there's so many different dietary restrictions Mm -hmm. we we definitely get a lot more you know, vegan customers and gluten-free and then people eating both at once. So there's just between regular pastries, the vegan gluten-free, the bread, like that production has ramped up immensely. Okay. So now you brought it up. (laughs) Gluten-free bread, yay or nay? As a, you got to be honest. A, I don't want any okay, political as a, correct answer. As a pastry chef, I think it tastes like shit. Okay, but okay. that's fine. Um, <laughs> I, I can understand if you truly have celiac disease. Like, I hate it for you because I'm lactose intolerant. Right. And trust me. Yeah. No one's stopping me from eating cheese or ice cream. Yeah. <laughs> and then it's my own fault if I feel horrible. Right. But, right. I'm making um, a choice. Yes. Like, yeah. um, I, don't, I don't care for it. And even... And I'm like it has taken a minute to even like figure out the right proportions. Cause we use Bob's red mill gluten-free okay. flour. Yep. It has taken a minute to understand like, okay, we're going to have to add like a quarter more here or less here. Like uh-huh. the, the ratios are weird are with weird, that. Yeah. And I mean, nothing will ever be like butter and flour. It just won't, it just won't like, <laughs> okay. and, and I can understand those who, who have the dietary restrictions or choice to be vegan mm-hmm. or gluten-free. That's fine. Yeah. yeah. But as someone who's done it for 15 years, I'm yep. like, it's just not going to be as great. Right. We're going to try and make it as great as we can. Right. <laughs> but <laughs> totally. Yeah. And I'm, I'm a big bread person. Like I love to eat bread. I, so. I do too. So, I'm, I'm a fan of bread. Yeah, That's like, you- yeah, bread. I think bread, coffee, and now sweets. Yeah. You know, like it used it's to be. Glad that y'all came then. Yeah. Well, it, well, it used to. Well, it used to be. You know, beer, wine, cigarettes. Sure. Right. It was but, like. I mean, you trade it out for right. three good options. Yeah. So I'm like, all right. Well, I yeah. can't do any of these anymore. So, all right, coffee. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, no one will ever stop yeah. me from the coffee. I can never. I had to not drink caffeine for something a couple weeks ago, and I was like. Like I had to you know, stop out. at like, midnight the night before and then couldn't uh, all the next day. I was yeah. like, I was like, I might murder somebody. Yeah. <laughs> this is, like, I am not well. Get this done. Yeah, I'm not good. I was like, and then immediately I was like, coffee, yeah. coffee, hey, anyone coffee? So is it, is it caffeine or is it coffee? Can you do decaf? No. Yeah. No. You're like, um, ca- like decaf is like, why would you bother? Uh, 
definitely working like at fig tree and stuff because again greg and sarah were great like we could have a french press whenever we wanted Mm -hmm. and and i'm pretty sure i would drink like five or six a day (laughs) which is ridiculous like no one should have that much caffeine but i also i don't know maybe if i allowed my body to not have it i would be okay but i also don't sleep that much either like i have my I'm more of a night owl person than I am a morning person. Like we don't come in at 4 a.m. That's <laughs> yeah, not, right. that is not, yeah, that's not a thing. We don't do that here. <laughs> um, but I go through like phases during the day where I'm like, Oh my God, I'm tired, but then I'm good. And then yeah. for whatever reason at midnight, I'm like jazzed and ready to go again. Yeah. And maybe it's cause I worked in a restaurant for so long. Mm-hmm. Like you're just used to it. Like you're like, okay, like going to be up till one or two in the morning anyway. Like right. here we are, but there's, there's no way yeah. I'd coffee. I just, I think I continuously just drink coffee all day long and I mix it with water. I I actually have to like consciously scale back my coffee intake. Mm -hmm. Like I try, I always have a cup in the morning. I usually have to refrain from the second one because I always want it. I'm like, I want another cup. I'm like, I'm not going to do it. I'm going (laughs) to hold up because I know I'm going to want one later, right? Like I'm going to want a cappuccino or something like you know, in the afternoon. So I'm like, oh, and like I'm that guy, right? They're like in the middle. Of, I'm like, I need a cappuccino in the middle of the day. You're better than I am. I drink yeah. probably almost a full pot before I leave my house in the morning. Yeah. And then here are the bakery. I, I used to, yeah. I used to like, it's been, it's been like a lot of content. Like I'm also older than you. Like I'm old now. I'm 47 years old. Like I can't. Mm-hmm. 32. That's fine. Yeah, We're all in the same yeah, bracket. Yeah. But I don't need, I don't need a pot of coffee. <laughs> sure. You know, like if I need a pot of coffee to get through a day then I need to like re, re, refigure out what I'm doing, yeah. you know? So I'm trying to like consciously like be more selective about my intake. Yeah. Right. Well, and I, I think too, cause, and this has been a long time though, but I used to smoke heavily and especially like, like when I worked at Amelie's, like yeah. it was little Paris, like everybody just chain smoked. <laughs> yeah. And so now like maybe, maybe it's just the fact of like just constantly drinking something, mm-hmm. but I just, I think I'm partially made of coffee at this yeah. point. <laughs> So a bunch of the chefs that work for me that have worked for me for a long time from like when I used to smoke, mm-hmm. <laughs> like I was the guy, like we would go out to like have our, our smoke break, right? Yeah. That's where we'd have like our meetings and talk about whatever. And I could smoke three cigarettes in the time that somebody would smoke one. Mm-hmm. Like I would just like literally inhale half a cigarette in one drag. <laughs> People were just like, what the fuck, dude? The so kitchen was, life is stressful. Yeah, yeah, it was a habit that I had to kick. Like it was time to go. If I, if I want to last at least. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Smoking is bad. <laughs> yeah. Don't smoke. Don't, don't smoke. <laughs> don't quit smoke. Smoking. If you want to taste your food, quit smoking. Yes. Yes. That's, and that was another thing too, is I kind of realized that I, I hadn't realized until after I quit how kind of affected my palate was. Sure. You know, like it was muted. Yeah. And like food kind of came back alive again for me when I quit. So I was like, I could taste things that I couldn't taste before, mm-hmm. or I could taste more acute things than I, and I was like really inspiring to be like, Oh shit. Okay. There was a stint, you know, like at fig tree where like all of us would go on the back stoop and, you know, have a cigarette break and whatever. And like when I, when I left and like, cause right, right after I quit, like my mom passed and everything else. So there like, I just, it was out of sight, out of mind, but for sure, like, tasting different sauces and buttercreams and pastries. Mm-hmm. You're like, I didn't realize how much I kind of couldn't taste before this. Yeah. So it was, it, it was good to not do that anymore. Yeah, for sure. Cool. So cakes, cakes still going. Mm-hmm. Bread is the big thing. Mm-hmm. Everybody's fired up about bread. Do yes. you just do, how big's your production 
for that stuff. You do like daily production, right? You're yeah. not doing like massive amounts of stuff and carrying it over from. No, we we technically work like half a day ahead. Okay. And so a lot of our bread doughs are in overnight fermentation. We'll make certain stuff like because we blow through cookies like like I could probably at this point just hire one person just to make cookie dough. So we'll make the dough and put it in the cooler. Yeah. And then that way we can scoop it when we need it mm-hmm. um, just because we go through so much. But everything else is is essentially made that day and put on the pastry cart. Gotcha. We have a two-door cooler and then a freezer that kind of... It's like a stand-up freezer. Yeah, like that, a, there's like some IQF fruit in there. Yeah. Um, an ice cream bowl maker thing. <laughs> That's about it, though. Like everything... I mean, we're all scratch here. Everything is literally made within the day and then brought out on the pastry cart. That's awesome. Yeah. What's your favorite cookie? I have a really love-hate relationship with this bourbon butter. <laughs> it kind of pisses me off because, like, like I get it. It's nostalgic. Everybody likes fucking oatmeal cream pies. I get it. Right. I get it. My twist was doing the bourbon butter because it's, it's bourbon, brown sugar, heavy cream, all the things that are horrible for you, a couple other things, yeah. melted, and it, we make, like, Almost like an emulsion, thicker than a sauce, but yeah. not like a paste or anything. And that's put in the center. The cookies are soft, no nuts, no raisins. Has Italian buttercream on the outside, and then Oof. it's filled with that. Y'all, y'all Oof. get one. We'll give Oof. you guys one. <laughs> I'm getting weak in the knees and, over here. Tell me more. And I think between that and our dark chocolate chunk cookie, people would riot if we ever took it off. Yeah. And I've I've said to other people because. And, and I, I sincerely appreciate the support of others. And they're like, I love this. This is amazing. Uh-huh. And I'm like, we make so many other good fucking yeah. things. Why that? Like, yeah. they, I'm glad y'all buy it. Yep. It keeps y'all coming back. Yeah. But it kind of pisses me off. Right. But at the same time, I'm like, I'm really glad people love this. Yeah. So, I, so it is what it is. <laughs> so all, you're not the only one. All chefs deal with this. Yes. Like signature dish shit that mm-hmm. they get stuck with. And it's usually not the thing that you want it to be. Correct. Right? It's not like, oh, I want to be known for this like amazing creation that I came up with. It's the, you know, the pain in the ass the cookie familiar. that's like, you know, 20 steps in like whatever. And then you're stuck with it. Yeah. Until um, the apocalypse happens. Yeah. Like it took literally us changing our brand. Yeah. For, to a new restaurant concept for me to get rid of the 60 second steak that's been chasing me oh. forever. Yeah. Um, so that was a joy to finally take that off. I'm like, yes, we'll do something else. Maybe one day we'll do a variation of it. But yeah. like right now, like people well, will call. Yeah. I'll, I'll get probably like six to seven calls on a Saturday. You still have the oatmeal creams, right? You still yeah. have it. And I'm like, yes, yes, <laughs> yes. Because yes. of this phone call is why I have it. Yes. And like, so is it the fear that people will stop coming if they don't? Or is it just, are you programmed to make people happy? Um, is it like I people feel, want this so I want to have it? I feel like with where our location is, we do need a few staples. Yeah. And then I love Charlotte's great. I wish <laughs> that people had more adventurous palettes though. Yeah. People are just still very set in the familiar things. Yes. And and like if if y'all went and looked at the pastry cart right now, like we have a lot of weird stuff on right now since it's late summer, early fall. Mm-hmm. But People just, I mean, and even the dark chocolate chunk, people are like, this is the best cookie. I'm like, I'm glad. Like, it took me a long time to, like, like tweak that recipe, but I'm glad. Yeah. But I I just wish that people were more apt to try different things. Like, like super simple. Yep. We have a spicy dill pickle scone right now. 
Yeah. To me, I'm like badass, yeah, yeah, like, like pickles and yeah. habanero and cheese. Like, yeah. sign me up. Because um, another baker friend of mine, she kind of did something similar. And I messaged her. I was like, do you mind if I do my play on that? She was like, no, girl, go ahead. That's cool. And I was like, sweet. Because yeah. I like anything that has pickles or yeah. pickled or whatever. Yeah, Corey's the the pickle, oh, the pickle in our family. Anything like vinegar based. I'm yeah. like, this way. Yeah. Um, and everyone's like... I don't know about that. And I'm like, yeah. just try yeah, it. Yeah. Just try you it. Need, like, you need to slide one in the bag. Like, you gotta, yeah. you gotta do that whole just like, you know, that drug dealer thing. Where yeah. you're like, here, <laughs> just put uh, one in there. Here's, your, here's your cookie and a little scone. Yeah. <laughs> just give it a whirl and just kind of like dose people with it. Slide, I, like, yeah. You know, to get them, get them to try new things. Yeah. I, <laughs> I hope because I, I was talking to someone the other day and like, because I like, I love Chicago. Love, yeah. love, love Chicago. And of course, New York's great because their food scene's amazing. Right. As it has been, but yep. I wish that we would have more accepting palettes, mm-hmm. like how they have in the bigger cities. Yeah, and we'll get there eventually. I but, think so. But in, until then, yeah, a million bourbon butter oatmeal cream pies. <laughs> okay, so that's the most popular cookie. Absolutely, is that your favorite? What's what is your favorite cookie to eat? What do what do you eat? You eat <sighs> sweets. Actually, I I really like our macarons. Yeah. Um, just because I don't, and and grouped in with how we make the stuff here, like I don't like pastries that are so sweet they make your teeth hurt. I mm-hmm. just don't think that's enjoyable. Right. I think there needs to be a really good balance. And so, macarons a cookie. You know. Yeah. Um, they're not they're not killer sweet, and I like the ones that are just simple. Like coffee butter cream's great for me. Mm-hmm. Love that. Um, then like right now we have a salted caramel one. It's good. Mm-hmm. I don't like, it's fine for me. I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm so <laughs> simple. Yeah. I would honestly rather have a giant like pan of roasted potatoes, <laughs> but you know, yeah. Um, and then, and truly like the bourbon butter is great. The dark chocolate chunk cookie is really good. Cause I put salt on everything pastry wise. Yeah. Oh yeah. Um, so like that has, I can't wait to taste this stuff because I'm, I'm the guy. So I'm the, I'm the chef, right? When all my pastry chefs bring like tastings, I bring out the flake salt, like with me and I sit there and I'm like, okay, let's do the tasting. And we start, I'm like, uh, no. And I put like a little flake salt. I'm like, now taste it. Yeah. Like your dessert is better with like just a little bit of salt. Like it brings out. Balance baby. Yeah. It's so important. (laughs) I know. I told Troy at Motown, he was like, cause we just partnered with them for spices Mm -hmm. and he goes, to go through a lot of like other spices, I was like, I need flake salt. Yeah, I need a lot of buckets. Flake salt. Yes, <laughs> that and the smoked one. Yeah, just ex- every order. He was yeah. like, okay. Yeah, <laughs> I was all like, give me the salt. Yeah, yeah. We put on the scones, cookies. Yeah, the breads are super salt forward. So yeah, balance. It's so yes, important. Very important. It, it's like you know, people don't think about that. Pedestrian folk, right? Like non-chefy cook people, mm-hmm. um, don't realize like the power of salt mm-hmm. right not just to make things salty like potato chips but like to bring out all the other important subtle mm-hmm. flavors in something or, or even just to meld them yeah like not even just to highlight other flavors but to like bring flavors together mm-hmm. you know it's it's pretty magical stuff yeah we my all of my front of house uh storefront people they are food enthusiasts but don't have like food backgrounds mm-hmm. and so i try to give knowledge because and you know like everyone has a million questions what's in this how is this made blah 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 right. and so like every so often i'll be like come back here like 
check this out. This. Yeah, yeah, this is how we make this. This yeah. is the process. Or yeah, because again, everything is from scratch here. Like I made caramel the other day, and I was like, try the caramel just with the butter and heavy cream right now. Mm-hmm. And then I put yeah. acid in it, salt. Yeah. What's your vanilla, acid? Lemon. Uh, oh. uh, apple cider vinegar. Okay. All and right. then good to know. Put that on my yes. Well, <laughs> sweet little vinegary. And then I was like, now try. And they were like, oh my god, this is so much better. I'm like, see. Yeah. It, salt does so much. Right. Like, and even, I mean, we'll like extra, extra salt it for the salted caramel. But yeah. I mean, our normal caramel is pretty salty. <laughs> yeah. That's awesome. What is So what is your favorite things to make? Like, do you prefer doing cakes? Do you prefer doing cookies? Where Where is your interest when it, from a creative standpoint? Um, de- definitely the cakes. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm, I'm glad that people want more bread mm-hmm. I love making bread I when like before I even like went to Johnson and Wales the first bakery I ever worked in I don't know if you'll remember this or not do you remember down home baking company that sounds familiar but um, I don't Chris Strespeck she was the owner and we would always hit like um, Charlotte Regional Farmers Market and when remember where Fat Burrito was there was an yeah. open lot across the street and they would have a farmer's market there uh-huh. I think on Tuesdays yeah we would be at all the farmers markets and she was like the bread queen yeah and she had a huge pizza oven on the back porch of her house because we all of us <laughs> baked inside her house and she we would just make all these crazy breads and I remember being like this is so fucking cool like I love this and that mm-hmm. kind of just kept trailing with me through my career and I especially now like love making any kind of Italian bread or just like like soft loaves or more like hearty loaves mm-hmm. so I'm glad people want more of that because that's kind of like Yusuf is so technically sound like he made a pistachio snack cake and that's slowly becoming one of the staples here like people ask for it all the time yep and so like that's kind of you know his wheelhouse of stuff and then I have another girl her name's Stephanie she's actually a savory chef okay and she just randomly emailed me and was like i just want to learn more about baking i don't i don't know anything enough to be confident and i was like yeah just come bake with us and now she is here all the time but she brings so many fun flavors and different concepts and stuff Mm -hmm. to the menu so like we all kind of go full circle where we all have something different that we're adding to the menu nice yeah that's super fun Mm -hmm. what do you bake your bread in so what? we actually just have our deck oven. Yeah. Like it's that thing better never break. <laughs> <laughs> is that your only oven? That is, is our only oven. Okay. We um, I think the three of us could win a Tetris competition <laughs> between how much we bake. Because I mean, our kitchen's not big by right. any means, and and like I said, we have a very small cooler. Um, we have three speed racks, and we're just because of how everything goes out. Like we're just constantly like moving and rotating things. Mm-hmm. Anything super delicate will get baked first, uh, macarons, that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. And then, like, normally, especially because we do the overnight fermentation with the bread, we'll pull the bread out and let it sit and come yeah, to room temperature and get, do what it's gotta do. Mm-hmm, get all nice and alive. And then we'll normally bake that last because that's all done on, like, 400, 450. Yeah. And we we do have the, the stones that we'll put in there and, and all of that, but... Just one oven. We're we're uh, tiny but mighty here. <laughs> yeah, wow. Small team. What, what brand? What's your brand of uh, deck oven? Oh gosh. Do you even uh, know? I, um, whatever I got off Webstrat. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Blodgett someone, or some. <laughs> someone told me they're like buy everything used, and I was like, 
I'm actually going to get a brand new oven and yeah. a brand new cooler. I was like, we're, cause I'm probably about to beat the hell out of this yeah. thing. So we're and just like, going to, and I don't need this thing to break like three weeks in when I'm trying no. to like figure my business out. And yeah. now I'm like in crisis management mode. Yeah. And <laughs> definitely been there with, um, the, we have a new freezer now, but like yeah. at the time, like our freezer went out and I was like, I, this is not what I want to do right now. I was yeah. like, I just want to get this fixed. I just want to be done. This is a nightmare. Yes. So if, our oven can't ever yeah yeah <laughs> she's gonna be great yes she's yes. she's she's, she's a, a long survivor <laughs> does she have a name do you have you named your oven i haven't named my oven okay. but we've named all of our mixers okay yeah do you, do you have any like other weird traditions in your kitchen like in 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 the church and union kitchen in charlotte we still have the original it's like my lucky rock somebody get <laughs> somebody somebody gave me a rock it's like almost brick size okay right? And it's this really cool orange rock. And it, they gave it to me, I think, the week that we opened. Okay. And they're like, hey, this is a lucky rock. And I was like, all right, whatever. And I put it on the pass. And it's been literally on the pass. Just hanging for, out. For 11 years. It's been Maybe there's something to it. Yeah, I'm like, all right, well, no, but this can't go anywhere now. <laughs> like, now it's become superstition, right? I'm like, if this goes away, everything crumbles. Um, Do you have any, like, weird little, like, superstitions or quirky... So this is, it's weird because if you, if y'all come into the kitchen, y'all will see it because people will see it and they're like, what the fuck is that doing up there? But above the like coffee area, there's a, a breaker box and randomly some kid left like this weird little dinosaur figurine and we found it and I was like, oh, this is cute. Like yeah. put it up here and I can watch over the kitchen. Yeah. And then we had two more figurines left. And so we now we have like this like pack of animals on top of this breaker box and i joked i was like they just watch over the kitchen and make yeah. sure everything's good you know it's and so there's the birth of a superstition there it is. And I'm like, there it is one one of my staff members was like we could just toss it and i was like just i don't know just leave it it's, it's best fine. if you don't it's just it's cool yeah. when yeah. we're cleaning just give them a wipe down yeah you just know, if just you just dust, dust them off a little bit that'd be <laughs> well, great yeah just well, hit with the febreze fluffer yeah. thing you don't want to risk it right yeah. things are going you're like eh Maybe there's something to it. Maybe not. Yeah, I don't the know. The good juju. And yeah, we we also actually just moved. I have a weird thing about like bells on doors, because I feel okay. like it brings good luck. So you like that? Yes. Okay. And bells on I, doors is a good thing. Bells on doors is a good thing. <laughs> and I recently just took the ones we had hanging on the doorknob off, just because kids would play with them and it would be really loud. Right. But we have the bell up front now up up on the door but i have the original ones hanging in the back on the back kitchen door to go out ah. and for a moment just because we've had them since the start and i was like oh i could toss these or take these home and then i was like i don't think i can i was like there's something we got to keep it like at least on the yeah. the back side of the kitchen or something <laughs> we so can't throw got, those you, away. you have a superstitious superstitious streak yes but but nothing <laughs> that you're like it's hardcore like no. okay no nothing too crazy all right it's still a new enough kitchen. I probably should have had something at the saw kitchen. It's when they get murdered, but we're only there you for survived, a year. We so, survived, yeah. yes. Cool. Um, what else? I want to talk. So let's talk about cakes a little bit, because mm-hmm. um, your cakes are super cool. We're gonna post some some like pictures of your stuff. Mm-hmm. How would you describe your kind of style? So we're we're at an hour right now. Okay. So I'm, I'm just gonna ask you a couple more questions. That's fine. So, I'm take yep. so how would you describe your style? And then is there an approach when you're trying to, if somebody's reaching out to you to do a wedding cake, let's say Corey and I, right? How would you, how do you approach 
the guest or the, the, the customer or whatever. And do you have a system for that? Is there an approach that you take? Is there flavor profiles that you like? Mm -hmm. How does that, how does that work for you? So whether it's just a custom cake or a wedding cake, I, it is priced the same no matter what. I know some people get deterred because you slap wedding on something and it costs three thousand dollars more. But we don't we don't do that here. Um, <laughs> everything is priced per portion. And then when it comes to ordering, and people can do this with a birthday cake or anniversary cake if they choose to. But you can set up an in person tasting, and with the tastings, I give you it's just four seasonal flavors of cake, and then four to five different buttercreams and fillings, and it's all disassembled. That way you can taste the cake by itself, you can taste the buttercreams and fillings by themselves and then mix and match them. Gotcha. And then from there, whether you do the tasting or you don't, I don't like, like, and I, I get the convenience factor of having a website where you can just like click on things. Yep. I want our clients and customers to feel like there's more of a like hands-on like connection when they're yeah. talking. I mean, you're spending a lot of money on something. I don't want you to have to just go through this like technology field and be like, well, there's my cake that's $150. Right. And I don't, and this is just me. Like I also, if it were me, I would be like, why don't, what if I don't want vanilla and chocolate? Right. And we're a gourmet bakery. We might as well be gourmet. So like, you know, if y'all want to chat cake, I'd be like, you tell me what flavor profiles you like. Mm -hmm. And then from there, we'll create four to five different custom flavor profiles for you. Mm -hmm. And you can either choose one of those or if like, you're like, oh my God, these two are amazing. Then we'll marry them and, and make yeah. the one cake. Gotcha. Yeah. And then just, I guess, design wise, I love like in general abstract expressionism anyway. Mm -hmm. So you can probably see a lot of that on the cake. <laughs> yeah, totally. <laughs> um, I don't, I don't love doing children's cakes. Um, <laughs> Why not, Sam? What's... Parents are assholes. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, Can you do Cookie Monster? <laughs> yeah, I don't. I don't love. Actually, have denied a lot of children's cakes as of late. Um, yeah. I had a really horrible experience with one just because, and and it was a learning experience for me as well. But advice to anyone who, especially children, especially children's cakes, make them send you pictures for inspiration always mm -hmm. don't let someone say just do what you want because that is not yeah. always a good thing <laughs> right so what happened um they were pissed um because i they said do something cool and to me i thought it was yeah and it was not what they had imagined and and i get it like i can't see in her brain i can't see in your brain i, I right. don't know what y'all are thinking yep I, I know what i think is cool but it doesn't necessarily mean you will right um they were very upset um, not nice words were exchanged and I was just like you know what especially at this point in my career I'm just like fine yeah like I'm, I'm not gonna fight you if you're this unhappy like we don't ever have to do business like sorry right. like yeah. I'm so sorry you weren't happy yeah but it, it is what it is yeah. um, and after that I was just like you know what my nephew is two years old. I'll make his birthday cake. Yeah. And he'll like it. And God he'll damn like it. Because <laughs> I looked at Lindsay. I was like, this yeah. cake is free. You're going to like it. Yeah. Um, this is cool. Got it? Yeah. Smile. Yeah. Smile for the pictures. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like, and then close friends or, or other family members, if, if they want a kid's cake, that's fine. And then sure. long 
long-standing customers like i have this one lady who's been coming to me since day one for yeah. her son's cake that's fine like yeah. she, she, you, you we're know, on board yeah, yeah you, you got fine. that that relationship over time that yeah you, um but yeah i mean other than that and if, if someone wanted to do some super modern cake um i had someone who actually sent me like a watercolor painting they just wanted replicated on a cake that was badass i was like more of these let's yeah. do this do you have pictures of that i do i want to see that yeah, it was awesome. I was like, Were you happy with how it came out? Are I you was. like super artsy fartsy like that? Are you like, can you do like if I have the time to sit down and like do it, do it, yeah. I think that oh, I can wow. make it happen. I was very happy with it. <laughs> That's cool. So how yeah. did how did you how did you do that? Did you do that with like different buttercreams and pastes and um, buttercreams and like pigments um, and stuff like how do you home depot is my favorite store or lowe's because yeah. there's lots of palette knives and uh, spackle like, knives yeah <laughs> i um actually do have a craftsman toolbox that all of we're my... gonna look through that yes. i'm gonna get some video of that because that was my next question yes. i wanted to ask you um about your toolkit like yep. what is your go-to toolkit my offsets yeah always offset spatulas. always um different shapes sizes you got like I have the four door craftsman that I, I think y'all will see it. There's stickers all over it. She's been through a lot. Yeah. Um, but first drawer is all the offsets. Second drawer is all the knives. One drawer is nothing but cutters. Another drawer is all the weird like fondant tools and yeah. spoons, lots of spoons. Yeah. Um, and then random piping tips. So are do you, do you like when you apron up, do you have all your like your offsets like sticking out? Like all the chefs have their tweezers all, you know, chefied um, out. Are you like the... I will say the, the spatula girl. Unless I'm at an event, I don't actually put my chef coat on much anymore. Which is fine. We all Good we all have, yeah, it's fine. We all have our bacon cake t-shirts yeah. here. I do have two particular offsets that are off limits because yeah, they're like they're super straight. So for the leveling of the cakes and stuff, I'm like no one touches these. Yeah. And then I have um, two giant like construction spackle knives that I use to like, <laughs> to, to ice, like the ice the sides of the mm -hmm. ah, nice. Yeah, so tricks. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah, go to yep. go to your go to your tool shop. Yes. <laughs> go into the hardware section. Yes. Anybody That's where who, you get the gear. Anyone who wants to do cakes, like yeah. screw Michaels. Don't go there. Yeah. Go to Lowe's. Yeah, go get to the Home heavy Depot. duty. <laughs> yes. And what, then do you have a brand? Do you have a do you have a tool brand of oh, choice? What's the the blue and gray one? Cobalt or Yeah, Cobalt. Co yeah. Cobalt, yeah, right? their stuff's good. Yeah. I like, like their, their stuff. stuff. Yeah, they got good stuff. I've, I've been spending a lot of time in the tool department yeah. lately, so I'm like, hmm, do I want Milwaukee? Do I yeah. want, like, which, mm, I don't know. Yeah. And then just for any, I mean, culinary chefs too, but for any pastry chef, yeah. best tool in the entire world is the blowtorch. Yeah. I would always suggest everyone having one. Why? You need heat for certain stuff all yeah. the time. And not just for cakes, but like demolding stuff, mm. trying to like get certain things like, if your buttercream's too cold and you're trying to whip it back up. You don't want to wait. Yeah. Like room temperature mm -hmm. can be a yeah. bitch. That, you know, like... that torch is prized possession back there. <laughs> nice. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, no, just just t-shirts for us here and we have our aprons and we're super casual, but I have my tweezers for our gold leaf. Um, yeah. We don't we don't yeah. we don't really like tweezer up for that. Yeah. Um, I don't put microgreens on something in a hot minute. Um, Good for you. Yeah. <laughs> oh, and I got those cantaloupe ones from Malabawa Farms, yeah. and those were delightful. Were they good? Oh, they're so good. Yeah. It I sounds bought interesting. a container for me and made a salad out of it. It was great. Cool. Yeah. What's your favorite fruit to to cook with? Not just to eat like um, straight, like to incorporate into either 
a cake or dessert or probably probably like all the like squash stuff like butternut squash pumpkin mm-hmm. all of that kind of stuff especially I like the fall baking yeah more so have you ever had a cavallon melon I've not I had it so it's a French it's like it's a tiny French cantaloupe oh it's like it looks like adorable it looks like an adorable little cantaloupe <laughs> but it tastes like a cantaloupe like hulked out oh like i need one of these intensely sweet so much juice it like squirts all over your face when you like bite into it they're amazing i'm gonna have to get some of those try to get I try will. to get some i've been kind of fantasizing about them lately because like you don't see them very mm-hmm. much and you can special order them i've, I've done it a couple times over the years they're expensive mm-hmm. but there's nothing like it like they're incredibly insane well i'll say that too like i don't want Price is important. Yeah. Cost is important. Sure. But again, quality over quantity and that type of stuff here, mm-hmm. like whether it be like certain stuff from Fresh List or whatever, like we've been incorporating a lot more like mushrooms into pastries and like more kumquats and all of that kind of mm-hmm. stuff. Like I don't mind paying for that kind of stuff because right. if it brings some more weird pastries out of the kitchen, I'm for it yeah. since we're selling so many of the bourbon butter oatmeal cream pie. How much? How much you use using like Fresh List and local farms to get Every your week. St- yeah? Mm-hmm. Cool, that's awesome. Yeah, and then Gordon's. Yeah, because it's hard. Like I'm really particular about the flour, and mm-hmm. they carry all the King Arthur flowers. So King Arthur's so your brand only. That's your yeah. jam. No, no bleached flour. Yeah, bad. Bleached flour is bad. <laughs> Why is it bad? It messes up the flavor. Okay. Like composition of the pastries. Gotcha. Yeah. Good to know. Yep. All right. Sweet. What else? Am I missing anything? Anything else you want to talk about? Tools, cakes. We listen to a lot of tool in the kitchen whilst doing cakes. Do, do you? Yeah. Is, that your, is, that, is that your go-to? What's your... Um, tool, what's, a perfect circle. Um, we listen to... Are you a Maynard? You're a Maynard. I love Maynard. Yeah. He's a weird He's a, he's weird, a weird guy. Cat. I like yeah. him. Um, a lot of Zeppelin. Okay. A lot of Duran Jones. Right. Um, Black Pumas. I don't even know who that is. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> Great. Y'all right. should listen yeah, to them. Yeah, we'll, should look them we'll, up. Black, do you know who that is? No. Black Pumas? All right. Cool. Uh, very, sound um, okay, so, like okay. Prince-ish. Oh, here's a good... Oh, nice. Yeah. I like Anything, that. Yeah. yeah very me cool. and Yusuf are big Prince people. Okay, cool. <laughs> I'm, I'm a Prince person too. What... If you had to pick one jam, kitchen jam, to get you in your zone, what is it? You, you can only have one. In the Evening by Led Zeppelin. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Because you're going to start off slow and then you just feel you're like, build yes. Up. Yeah. <laughs> Boom. I like it. Yes. That's all, mine's actually um, want to dance with somebody. from Whitney. I love it. <laughs> with, with, <laughs> which, which freaks people out sometimes. I and, think, I feel like Mike Knoll said that that was one of his favorite songs too. Really? Yeah. I'm not so there surprised. There you go. I'm not there you surprised. go. <laughs> yeah. Me and Mike are a little weird. But um, yeah. That, hey, at least I, y'all like Whitney. Yeah. You know, and, and it's, it drives some of my chefs crazy because, like, when I'm in on the pass, like, that's that's the tradition. At uh, 5 o'clock, Whitney. I want to dance with somebody comes on. <laughs> it's always I want to dance with somebody, and everybody's just like, here we go. Like, it's just that, that beginning where it just gets all, like, funky. In all fairness, <laughs> when I hired Yusuf and then later Stephanie, I was like, sorry in advance, <laughs> but I'm about to sing yeah, a lot, yeah. like, and like ugly sing. Yeah, I'm and not good. I think, I think they were just kind of like, yeah, okay, <laughs> sure. And I was like, no, this is bad. Like I will like scream the Prince parts <laughs> and you're going to be like, what is happening? Yeah. So they're yeah. fed up too. Cause 
Bylaw Mose came on the other day, Stephanie <laughs> starts dying and I'm all like, ooh, yeah. let's, yeah. I'm feeling let's, this. let's Enrique this. This is great. <laughs> That's too funny. All right. So uh, Zeppelin is your jam. Yes. Cool. Anything else? I think so. It's been fun, man. It has. It's nice to finally meet yeah. you guys and catch up. <laughs> it's so nice to finally meet and catch up. And um, thanks for sharing your story. Of course. We may have to have a redo as I as I think about things that I forgot to ask you. I sure. want to get you back on here. Yeah, I would love to be um, back. And then um, good luck with everything. Thank you. I can't wait and to good try luck some with y'all. And then can't wait to chat wedding. Yes, we'll talk <laughs> wedding. We got a year, so we got to start yes. figuring that out. Yes. Awesome. Thanks. Thank you. Bye.